Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to Haunted Tales, your weekly dose of horror. We've got everything from ghosts, cryptids, and curses to deals with the devil, giant insects, and more. Sit back and enjoy this week's story after a little message from our friends. It was my father's pocket watch. He told me before he died that my grandfather had owned it, and his father too. I am not sure how many generations of my family have used this old scraped watch, but now it has come to me, and with it, the curse. Every person who held it has tried one time or another to fix it. The scraped glass has been removed maybe a dozen times, the small silver chain swapped out another ten, the mechanism inside has been looked at by at least five different watchmakers. But the clock never changes. It takes a few days, maybe a week, until the same deep scratches appear on its face, the chain starts to tarnish, and the hands of the clock run off balance. Every time. My great-grandfather tried to sell it once. It wasn't worth much then either, and a few days later, he found it inside his home again. Apparently, it gave him enough of a fright to get him into an early grave. My dad kinda laughed every time he told that story, shortly before falling silent as he stared down at the watch. It's kinda strange, this thing. Even though it looks banged up, sometimes doesn't work right, there's a certain kind of charm to it. Having it in your pocket just feels right. Like a piece of you is finally in the correct place. Like a little part of your life has at last found its course. My dad had it in his possession since he's been 25 years old, the day after my grandpa died. It wasn't a surprising death. Somehow, he had changed these last few months. Stopped being who he was, as if he was losing some part of himself. Standing around, lost in thoughts. From the moment you get it, to the moment when the big hand stops moving, your time belongs to it, your life, somehow. Sorry, I'm getting impatient. Back to my grandpa. When he was 30, his dad passed away. It was, as the doctor said, a stroke. Just a few years after his wife, who had died in her sleep. One second, he was walking around. The next, his heart stopped moving. He fell over and died on the kitchen floor. His son, my grandpa, found him like that, with the watch still in his hand. From then on, it was his pocket watch. I asked my dad why no one ever threw it out, and he just smiled sadly before shaking his head. It's not like that, he answered, cryptically. I now know what he means. Throwing it away is impossible. But first things first. My grandpa carried it around. You can see the small device in his hand on his wedding day. It doesn't look too strange, except you can see my grandma staring down toward it too. 
Her pained expression should tell you everything you need to know. She had felt it, hated that he had taken possession of it, and wanted it out of the house as quickly as possible, but the watch never left him, while his wife soon afterward did. Just a few days after my dad was born, she stopped moving. At night, while sleeping next to her husband, something happened. My grandpa only told the story once, when he was close to passing out drunk. Everything was normal, at least that's what he claimed. She was exhausted from the birth and the screaming baby. Put something over the watch lying on the nightstand, just to muffle the sound. Then, sometime during the night, her body started to shake, and my grandpa woke to her clawing at her own throat. He tried to help her to rest her hands away, stop her from scratching at her own skin. When she finally stopped moving, the whole bed was red. The baby was screaming while the watch ticked along, sounding like her heartbeat, getting quieter and quieter. He already knew that it was useless, but he called the doctor nonetheless. A sudden blockage of the windpipe was the official cause of death. I'm still kind of amazed that this didn't turn into some kind of scandal, but as far as I could find out, none of the neighbors ever even muttered as much as an accusation against my grandpa. They all kept quiet, behaved like it was the most natural thing in the world. A woman dying in her own bed, clawing her throat out while her husband was sleeping next to her. Even the newspapers only gave a short statement, buried on page 7, right beneath news about a pumpkin patch. My grandpa buried his wife and never as much as looked at another woman again, my father told me a few years ago. He also never smiled again and made sure to never cover up the watch while he was sleeping. You can see the watch make an appearance in every photo he is in. From my dad's graduation to his own wedding day. He was 24 when he married my mom. His father is standing off to the side in the photographs, holding something in his hand, covering it as if he didn't want anyone to see. The first time I saw these photos... I wondered what exactly he was hiding, but now I feel as if the old man knew something. Somehow he had found something out about it. Around half a year after these pictures were taken, his mood changed. There is one more photo of my dad's birthday where it makes an appearance. You can easily see that my mom's pregnant. They're standing around the old kitchen table while my grandpa's eyes are staring right into the camera. There's a strange kind of sadness in his gaze, mixed with dread. Maybe he could feel his time running out. Had the watch already told him that his days were numbered? When I asked my dad about it, he fell silent, changed the topic while grabbing the pocket that held the watch tightly. It had come into his possession not even half a year after the picture was taken. He claimed that his father's behavior changed. The man stopped going to work, even stopped drinking. He hardly ever left his room after this, like to sit up there the whole day staring and mumbling. Some nights, all he could hear was his father wailing and screaming. Then, 
One day, he completely stopped eating, leaving whatever was brought to him on the plate until my dad came up again to take it away. A few days later, there was no noise coming from the room anymore. As my dad walked up the steps, he told me, he had felt a cold breeze wafting through the house. He already knew what he would find and promised himself to leave the damned watch on the body. But he didn't manage that. He only told me shortly before his own death, tried to speak while his voice broke over and over again. What he saw as he opened the door to his father's room had haunted him from this day forward. His dad was broken. The body, lying on the floor, still moved his tongue clicking against his teeth, tears streaming from his eyes. He tried calling an ambulance, but as he bent down, the old man's hand grabbed him one last time. Still clicking his tongue, he shook his head, begging him with his gaze. Maybe if he had come up just a few minutes earlier, perhaps his father could have told him. But he didn't. And it stopped shortly afterward the clicking of the tongue and the ticking of the clock, simultaneously. My dad lived with that regret for the rest of his life, at least until my mom died. She always had been a quiet woman, never raised her voice, never liked to argue, until one day I heard her scream from their room. Around midnight, must have been. I was sixteen back then and her howl ripped me from my sleep in an instant. Never before or since have I ever sprinted this fast through this old house. It was as if my chest was caving in on itself. The dread I felt back then? It's impossible to describe. As I burst through the door, I can still remember seeing my mom on the floor, dad sitting next to her, cradling her head with tears dripping onto the old discolored carpet. There was a ticking sound, slowly, rhythmically counting down the seconds, while her body shook and trembled. Police and doctors came and went, but in the end it was ruled a spontaneous infarct. No charges necessary. The news of her death appeared on page six of the newspaper and no one spoke about it. As if it wasn't strange for a woman in her forties to simply drop dead screaming. My dad was never the same after. He seemed so distant then. But his behavior got even stranger. At first, it was gradual. He was up earlier than normal, standing somewhere in the house with his hand in his pocket as if he was listening not moving, until someone called out to him or touched him. The first time seeing him like that, I can still remember, I found him next to the kitchen table, probably the exact spot where his grandfather had died, holding onto one of the chairs. It was half past seven on a Sunday. I still know that, because I remember feeling this ominous kind of dread. It's hard to say for sure now, but I think I dreamed about it before it happened. Only, in my dream, he wasn't alone. 
there was someone else standing across the table. From then on, whenever I woke up, the first thing I did was walk through the house, checking each and every room. More often than not, I did find my dad standing somewhere, listening to the tick, tick, tick of the small watch in his pocket. Months passed like that, where I tried to talk to him about it, but the answer always stayed the same. He either didn't remember getting up, or just felt the urge to go somewhere. It was eerie, seeing him like that. The first few times he even tried to lie, claiming he had heard something there and wanted to check it out. But those excuses stopped, just like his former bright personality. Every time I found him, he seemed a little more off, a tiny bit less like himself, until one day he stopped leaving his room. From then on, it was as if I was living with a ghost. His door was always locked, and he opened it only to let me bring him food or take away his laundry. Until once, when I went up to see him. It took me half an hour before he finally opened his door and let me in. As I sat down on his bed, he simply stood in one of the corners, never raising his eyes. His answers were short, but to the point. I thought about calling someone, having him check in with a therapist, but he made it clear that he didn't see any use in it. It's near impossible to have someone committed who isn't a threat to himself or others. So I stopped, just like he did 20 years ago. I can feel it now. The kind of dread he must have felt back then. Something bad was going to happen, but neither he nor I could do anything about it. And on the day he died, I finally got my answer. Somehow, the air inside the house had changed. There was some kind of smell, some kind of pressure surrounding his room. Every fiber of my being tried to keep me away from it while I heard the soft whimpering mixing itself with the tick, tick, tick of the watch. It could be heard everywhere in the house. I think my dad somehow tried to shield me from it. He too knew something he didn't tell me. Something he must have found out while standing and listening to the strange device. But, as it was with his dad and our ancestor before it, in the end, it didn't matter. I felt the rumbling through the floorboards as he crashed to the ground. Already knew that I would be too late to do anything for him, but raced towards his room nonetheless. The door wasn't locked anymore. My hands were ice cold. I can still remember this pit in my stomach as I pushed open the door, expecting a grisly scene. He was sitting there on his favorite chair, his head slumped over on his chest. I think I called out his name. At first quietly, then louder. But maybe I'm mistaken. I can't remember if my lips even moved. There was something in the room with us. Of that I'm certain. Not only could I feel it, I think I caught a glimpse of it as I stepped closer to the chair. 
as if something was moving my peripheral vision. A shadow. The ticking was hardly noticeable, but somehow different. My hand was on my chest before I could even think about anything but the figure of my dad, sitting dead in his chair. It mimicked my heartbeat, quick but shallow, as if calling out to me, showing me that we belong together. Looking back now, it feels as if this ticking had somehow disabled my normal thought process. I can remember walking across the room, completely fixated on this omnipresent noise, not caring for anything else anymore. Neither my dad's death nor the danger I would be in. My heartbeat came from the watch. I had to go to it, pick it up. It truly feels like a bad dream. Everything is hazy. Something moved across the room, but I couldn't follow it with my eyes. The watch was pulling me in closer and closer. As my feet finally left the carpet behind and I stepped in front of the unmoving body with my hand extended, something happened that I now know neither me nor the watch expected. A hand shot out, grabbing me by the wrist, pressing down hard. The pain ripped me from this trance. My eyes stopped concentrating on the pocket, where the ticking was now out of sync. I could see my dad moving slowly, as if every single moment took every bit of strength left in him, until finally he lifted his head. His lips were blue. I can still smell the sweat on him, sour and pungent, as I saw his eyes. Bloodshot, while his pupils were tiny dots ringed by red veins. I'm not even sure he could see me in his last moments but I know he knew I was there. You, he said between rasping and labored breaths, and my body stopped completely. He still had enough strength in him to hurt my wrist. Stop it. Those were his last words. Stop it? You stop it? I can't say. His grip around my wrist got weaker. I could feel the life flowing out of him, heard him suddenly gasping for air as his eyes rolled back, and he slumped down before sliding lifelessly from the chair. The thump I heard reminded me of the noise from before, the sound that had made me come here. This wasn't right, I remember thinking, before the tick, tick, tick of the watch rang out again, and suddenly... All those strange thoughts disappeared in the fog. My body bent down on its own, shoving the now lifeless corpse of my father until he rolled on his back and the pocket where the sound was coming from was on top. Joy and ecstasy flooded my brain as my fingers reached in and I touched the watch for the first time. It felt like finding a part of myself, long forgotten and finally being able to reclaim it. The warm, rough metal fit perfectly into my hand. Slowly, the ticking got softer, slower, and my heartbeat followed suit. Time wasn't an issue anymore. Everything was all right. 
Even now, I can't say how long I stood there, alone in the house where generations of my family had lived and died, always in the rhythm of this pocket watch. From this moment on, it belonged to me, and I to it. I could feel it, the slow rhythmic ticking coursing through my body, its broken glass reflecting the light, the tarnished chain tickling my skin. I can only half remember the rest of the day. An ambulance showing up, the medics walking hurriedly up the stairs where the body lay. Throughout it all, my pulse stayed the same. I felt neither sadness nor anger, no anguish or pain. Yes, my dad had died, but it wasn't the end of the world. Time was ticking on, continuing its unstoppable march forward. I just let it take me, pull me along while the people around me tried to console me for a loss I didn't feel. Neither days nor weeks mattered anymore. I was content, as if my life was running along on a track. There would be no more surprises, no more dread. Everything would be okay. All it needed was a successor. That's all. I probably wouldn't have bucked at the thought if it wasn't for her. Hearing her voice through the phone. She's pregnant. We're expecting, she said. The ticking changed in that moment. I could feel my own face distorting. A grin on my lips I didn't mean. Something breaking in my mind. Memories came back to me. It always started like this, didn't it? The watch dictates your life. My grandpa changing after my dad's birth. His wife dying. My father. I could feel the ticking sound getting faster, then slower. She was still talking, but I couldn't listen anymore. What would happen next? It was a thought that hadn't crossed my mind this past years even. It's been years since my dad has died, hasn't it? She'd give birth, and afterward, her time would start to run out. My child would grow up, and once it became old enough, it would get him too, making sure I wouldn't stand in its way. I couldn't. Dropping the phone on the floor, I ran outside. What will she think of me? Running away as soon as I heard that my child will be born. She'll think me a coward, maybe even a monster. But I can't give this thing over to my own child. It's not right. I need to stop it. It will stop with me. I don't know how long I've got until the ticking from my pocket finds my heartbeat again. It needs to stop. I need to stop it. The road in front of me is empty. There's a canyon somewhere up ahead. It can't be found. I can't be found. No one can know. I will take it with me, down to hell if I need. I hope I'm not too tainted. If there is a God, I pray he has mercy on my soul. The canyon is coming up. 
Just a few more miles. Please, burn with me. Leave her and my child alone. I need to stop it. It's racing now. My heartbeat and the clock. It can feel fear. There's a sharp bend up ahead. I'm taking you with me. Away from my family. It stops. Now. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this week's story. If you did, please consider supporting us on buymeacoffee.com slash hauntedtalespod. If you have anything to share with us, be it comments, story ideas you would like to hear, or just cute pictures of your pet, you can find all of our social media links in the episode descriptions. Until next time.